If your mornings get a little busy and you haven't had a chance to catch up on the news, we want to make it easier for you to stay informed. Be sure to check out WITF's daily news podcast, The Morning Agenda. Subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC's orthopedics team, offering hip, knee, joint, spine, and back treatments. Learn more at upmc.com slash centralpaortho. Welcome to The Spark. I'm Scott Lamar. Coming up later in the program, a new eSports training center is open in Cumberland County for those looking to join a team or become better at playing video games. But up front, four years ago, the law that allowed Pennsylvanians to vote by mail without having a pro- to provide a reason was hailed as a major milestone that would make voting easier and more convenient for many voters. For the most part, It has and became especially valuable in 2020 when the COVID pandemic limited public gatherings like voting in person. But there also have been some issues with mail-in voting. Former President Donald Trump said during his re-election campaign, without evidence to back it up, that fraud would be rampant if large numbers of voters cast their ballots by voting by mail. That didn't happen. But there have been several issues in the last three years that have caused confusion, printing errors and questions about whether to count ballots where voters didn't complete them properly. That was the issue before a federal court a few weeks ago, when a judge ruled ballots that weren't dated correctly should be counted. It created some chaos amongst the state's 67 counties. Jerry Fieser is the director of registrations and elections in Dauphin County is with us on the Spark today. Jerry, welcome to the program. I'm happy to say, I'm sure you're happy, it didn't create chaos in Dauphin County, right? Well, it didn't create chaos, but we certainly had to move quickly. Why? Uh, Well, the reason is, is because after the election, there's some procedural things that not the, the public generally doesn't understand. So election day is held, and then not the Wednesday after, but the second Wednesday after, we have what we call first certification. That's where the results are certified. These are the results. Then it has to sit for five days, and that's where challenges may occur. And then the second certification, final certification, is the following week. So the court ruling came out the day before second certification. So our, our, our solicitor's office took a look at the ruling, and they were trying to figure out what does this mean, what will this mean for us, should we take action now? And it was their opinion that based on this court ruling, which was now the law of the land, if we did not count those ballots that were had been set aside for being no date or an incorrect date, then we would subject Dauphin County for civil rights violation. So the, the, the call came to me literally about 10 o'clock at night on Tuesday. First thing Wednesday morning, we went into the office because of our preparations and our ability to keep things in line. We knew exactly where those 112 ballots were sitting. We pulled those out, quickly gave those voters credit for having returned a ballot. We then opened the ballots, scanned them quickly, 
updated the figures and the results, printed out new numbers, and by 10 o'clock we were ready for the Board of Elections to present final certification of the updated numbers. And we then gave those figures to our uh, county IT office, which put them on our website, and we updated them with the Department of State. So, again, we didn't have, I mean, we're not going to take an issue with a public policy issue. That's the law. The law is the law. That's what we have to play with. But my concern all along had been we're moving the goalpost after the game's been played. You know, you, you, you've, you've, in recent football games, there's been a lot of questions about officiating. Well, that had been like, uh, you know, field goal misses. Everybody goes to the locker rooms, goes out into the parking lot, and the NFL commissioner said, well, wait a minute, let's move the distance of the field goal and let's remeasure that last field goal. Oh, wait a minute, now it's a win, game over, change of players, uh, change, change of winners in the game. And so it, it really creates a situation where it seems like the rules are being changed after the game's been played. Had this ruling come out the day before the election or the day of the election, we would have been able to immediately pull those 112 ballots, include them in our totals, and then everything would have been above board. But these after-the-fact, after-the-election rulings are where a lot of people start to question the legitimacy of election results because, well, wait a minute, they changed the numbers after the election day was held. So, you know, again, should they be counted or should they not be counted? That's not for an election official to call. That's for the courts, the legislature, the governor. They're the policymakers. Um, but it really created a lot of concern because some counties did include them. Some, okay, so that's my next yeah. question. Things went smoothly in Dauphin County. Right. What happened in the other counties? Well, again, thank God I only have to worry about Dauphin <laughs> County. But, you know, we have 66 other counties that, you know, some of them were already certified for the second time. And they made the decision they weren't going to go back and reopen certification to include them. Some of them did. Um, you know, some of them, again, hadn't even had, uh, you know, second consideration. So they were able to include them like Dauphin did. But again, it, it created a, a unnecessary chaotic situation where had the court ruling come out before the election, then everybody would have known going into Election Day, OK, these ballots will now be counted. That court case is now on appeal. So we're not sure what the next court's going to do. And if it's appealed then to the U.S. Supreme Court, we're not sure what that court's going to do or when it's going to do it. So, you know, as we head into the presidential election, I, I can't say to you right now that this is settled law because it's on appeal right now. Why can't we get this right? Well, you know, again, it's it's. When Act 77 was put into place back in October of 2019, uh, most county election officials were still worrying about the November 2019 election. None of us had a chance to really breathe and take a look and say, oh, now what? So, uh, you know, a lot of us uh, were, were forced real quickly after the November 2019 election was, was finalized to begin to pivot and get ready for the presidential election. We already knew it was going to be high turnout, a lot of interest. And, you know, this new act came out. Now this, you know, mail-in balloting uh, was being made available. I took a look at the figures and, and what some other states who went to mail-in balloting experienced. I went to our commissioners and I said, there's no way we're going to be able to handle this in-house. We have to have a mail house to handle the volume of ballots that are going to be going out. Otherwise, I'm going to need 20 more people in my office just to handle processing applications, printing the ballots, printing the labels, putting the, the packages together and mailing them to the voters. Um, 
that creates potential human error because there's steps that need to be followed. And if you're not familiar with those steps, you can get confused easily. So by using a mailhouse, we were able to offload that burden on the staff so that we could spend most of our time just processing applications, getting the data to the mailhouse, which then printed it, got it out in the mail. On the back end, receiving all those ballots, it was a huge undertaking. And, um, you know, primary of 2020, we did not have all the mail-in ballots counted election night and in those totals. We only began opening ballots Wednesday after election in the primary. So it took us a little while, but 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 that learning curve, we we took notes, we educated ourselves about what is it going to take to make sure that in November we're ready. And with all that data, Chris Backman, who's our deputy director, um, he did some mathematical formulas and he figured out how many people we needed to have on staff in the building at 7 a.m. to open the number of ballots we received in the mail so that we could have everything opened, everything scanned, and loaded to be posted on our website at 8 p.m. election night. And using that formula and using you know the, the workflow that he, he created, we've never missed a mark now. You know, in, in 2021 and 2022 and, and this last year as well, we have all of our ballots opened by about one o'clock in the afternoon and everything scanned by about four o'clock in the afternoon. And we're waiting for 8 p.m. till we can start loading the data. So, again, it was a learning curve. You know, because we we saw the wave coming, we were able to prepare for at least getting the ballots out. We took a lot of notes and learned after that first primary of 2020, and we've been able to implement a lot of those changes. And again, it took a board of commissioners uh, that that had our back, had our, you know, we, they, they supported us, they provided us the resources and the material and the manpower and the spacing to be able to accomplish all of this. Um, so, you know, it, I really credit Dauphin County's commissioners for that. But... When I asked the question, why can't we get this right, mm -hmm. Dauphin County, things have gone well. As mm -hmm. you said, you've had the support from your commissioners. Mm -hmm. But in the other 66 counties, I don't know how many, right. but many of them have had a problem and just can't seem to get it right. And when you look at it, now, again, you're not a policymaker. Right. But when we do this on a county-by-county county basis, the mm -hmm. counties are running the elections. It's like we have 67 different roles or ways that the elections are handled. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it make more sense to do this on a statewide basis? There'd be one set of roles that all 67 counties face or Some, use? Well, somebody could make that case, but again, you'd have to break the model to build the new mold. To, to get there, and we don't do that um, in Pennsylvania. We, it, well, it, it would be it would be tectonic shifting plates, in other words. <laughs> but um, in in reality, I think the system works well because what works in Philadelphia doesn't necessarily work in Dauphin County. Necessarily won't work in Sullivan County. Our counties are different sizes, different expectations. You know, what may seem sensical for Philadelphia County may be overload for Sullivan County. Um, so I think the 67 county model does work. Some of the counties just are landlocked uh, with office spacing, with personnel. So, you know, keeping in mind, Act 77 came into play. 
my budget prior in 2019, our budget for the Bureau of Registration Elections was about $1.1, $1.2 million. Okay. In 2020, it ballooned to $2.8 million because of all of the changes. And that doesn't even take into account that, that parallel path of new voting systems that were coming online at the same time. That's a separate cost. That was the big push before 2020. Right. Actually, in 2019, was that all the counties had to have new or certain right. certain kinds of voting the equipment. The Department of State selected six systems from which counties could select. And again, the system that works for Philly may not make sense for Sullivan, may not make sense for Forest County, may not make sense for Dauphin County. So the Department of State did did provide us with at least six systems to select from, and and we picked those. So we, we had a new voting system coming on play. We had new voting procedure with the mail-in balloting and everything else that went into effect with Act 77. But, you know, county taxpayers were on the hook for all of this. And fortunately, the General Assembly, through Act 88, is now providing some of the funding. And last year, Dauphin County received just over $1 million. So we're now getting back to where, uh, you know, our funding is still, you know, county, county base and then also the state base. Brings us back to about par where we were, you know, prior to Act, 20, Act 77 in 2020. So, you know, fortunately, the funding's now available. Counties have now, if, if you look around the states, most counties are now able to get all those totals in on election night because now the counties have the resources available to hire the people that they need, the equipment that they need, and, and the spacing that they need. You just can't understand the spacing requirements uh, unless you come see it. Uh, we have a warehouse in, in our office that, you know, is normally filled with election equipment. All that election equipment on Election Day is out at the polling places. So we now have a wide open space, which we put out tables, chairs, as many as we need to have people sit there to be able to open these ballots. We have high speed openers. We have, you know, just a number of people just milling about, handing out the ballots for the folks to open, pull the envelopes out open the inner envelopes and all that. So there's 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 a lot of manpower, there's a lot of equipment, there's a lot of spacing that is required. Some counties because of the 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 old county courthouses, they just did not have that spacing available and they had to make huge shifts in equipment and spacing to get there. The Act 88 monies has enabled many counties to now meet that level of being ready to post re results on election night. Um, you know, some counties like Montgomery County, their election offices are in two different buildings. So it really is a stress on their their resources to make sure things are done. So, you know, we're getting there. Uh, it's getting done. But uh, we have had a large turnover in election officials. So you've lost an enormous amount of institutional knowledge. Our guest today is Jerry Feeser, Director of Registrations and Elections in Dauphin County, talking about a number of different election and voting related uh, topics. And I should mention the retiring Jerry Feeser. Congratulations. This is Thank your you, last Scott. week, right? Correct. Friday is my last day. Friday is your last day. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So there's some things you could talk about you probably wouldn't <laughs> if uh, you were going to continue with your job. Of course, you may not have a future after some of the That's things true. you said. <laughs> but you mentioned 
uh, the high turnover. Right. We have heard about this right. since 2020, mm-hmm. that it is not just in Pennsylvania. It's across the country where election bureaus have had a high turnover. There are a lot of inexperienced people. I mean, what impact has that had? Well, first of all, I do want to say maybe that, that I want to clarify that the inexperienced does not mean not interested and not dedicated. I mean, um, we get together um, once a year as a as a state coalition. We get together the election directors. I've met nearly all of my colleagues from the east and the western part of the states. Uh, we get together, you know, two other times just the eastern part of the state, and we talk a lot. I mean, we we exchange emails, texts, and phone calls to try and and communicate and say, how are you handling this? So there's a lot of education amongst ourselves. Um, and, you know, we, we have 67 different counties, 67 different solicitors, 67 different ways of looking at certain aspects of, of election law. Um, you know, and, and if, if everything was so clear, we wouldn't have to have interpretation. Um, you know, we look at other states and other states do more periodic updates of their election code. If you look at our election code, which was still based in 1937 and hadn't been touched until 2019 in, in any broad spectrum. And, you know, we still have things referred to as lanterns in the election code that we have to provide to the poll workers. So I mean, there's, there's some really archaic things in there. That Do you have lanterns in your... We have, uh, we have fo- uh, our poll workers have uh, cell phones and they got uh, the flashlights on them. So, you know, but yeah, th- those are some of the things that, that we really need to have the legislature come together. And, and, you know, I understand there are broad public policy debates about some issues like same day registration, about voting. ID, and those are public policy debates that they'll need to work through. But I think there's a lot of things in the code that could be cleaned up if everybody just said, all right, look, let's keep the big debate issues to the side for now. Let's focus on what we really need to to bring this code up to date. Let's incorporate some of the Supreme Court rulings. Because, you know, right now, if you look at the election code, there's certain things in there that have been removed by court orders, you know, by, by court rulings and things like that. But it's still in the code. So if you read the code, you you think it's one way, but then you got to go, oh, wait a minute, with a footnote, oh, over here, this court ruling, that's no longer in effect. You know, so, you know, much like right now, we have a federal court ruling that said you don't have to date or if you do an incorrect date, you do, do not have the ballot nullified. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of that stuff, I think, that needs to be cleaned up, um, you know. The people who have left, though, yes, many of them left because they didn't feel safe. Since 2020, there have been people who have talked about right. being threatened yeah. and uh, that they just didn't feel appreciated even. Has yes. your office, I mean, I know you know of other counties right. that have had this. Right. you have any of that in your office? No. In my office, again, like I've said before, our Dauphin County commissioners um, have, have had our back. I mean, I'm not going to say they gave us a blank check and they approved every request we made. I've had to justify some of the expenditures for some of the equipment and, and some of the personnel I've asked them to add onto our staff. But, you know, I've been able to make the case. They've listened to us. They've tweaked some of my requests. I haven't gotten everything I wanted, but, you know, that's their fiscal responsibility. Uh, but, you know, they, they have had our backs and, and I've never questioned the fact that Dolphin County commissioners support our election office. They told me when I came on board, failure is not an option. And if you need something, you got to come to us. One of the things that counties have asked for since mail-in balloting 
became mm-hmm. law in Pennsylvania is pre-canvassing. Yes. You mentioned that uh, the, the time frame on mm-hmm. Election Day right. in Pennsylvania counties can't open mail-in ballots right. until Election Day. Right. What would pre-canvassing do for a county? Well, again, if you're if you're talking about pre-canvassing, you got to define what are we going to allow as part of the pre-canvassing because pre-canvassing is this big, nice, you know, twenty-five cent word, but nobody really defines what it means. So, in my mind, if they allowed under pre-canvassing just the ability to open the ballot envelope, the first envelope, and leave the ballot secrecy envelope and the ballot in there, that at least cuts in half the amount of time we have to take to get the ballots opened to put them in the scanners. So that would help us tremendously. But again, it, there's there's just a lot of push and pull right now in the legislature that nobody can come to agreement on that. Mm. We only have about 90 seconds left, and I don't know whether you can do this 90 seconds, but you're retiring. Yes. So again, you can maybe talk about some things you wouldn't normally, but create the perfect scenario for us. What would the perfect election look like in Pennsylvania? Well, you know, my parents moved to Florida, and one of the things my mother and father love is early voting. And I've talked to county election officials in, in Florida when I go and visit, and they tell me that, you know, when you allow for early voting, a two-week period from a Saturday to a Saturday, and, and you allow voters to come in, sign in electronically in a poll book, put their ballot into a scanner, you save those results, you don't touch those until, you know, election day, Um, You are then reducing the pressure on Election Day. So, you know, 40 percent of the vote is done by early voting. 30 percent is done by mail absentee balloting and then 30 percent in-person Election Day. You can smooth out that pressure of everything happening on one day. Mm. Pressure. In just our conversations, Mm -hmm. you've used that word several times. In 30 seconds or less, what kind of pressure? Well, you know, we got to remember, too, that uh, when you go in to vote, the people who are there at the polls are your neighbors. Uh, Under Pennsylvania, the Constitution provides for local elected boards of elections. So it's your judge of elections, your minority inspector, your majority inspector, the clerks, the machine operators. Those folks are in your neighborhood. So, you know, you got to remember that those are the folks who have stepped forward. The man in the arena is the Teddy Roosevelt quote. They're there to run that election for us. I don't run it. No one of my other colleagues run it. It's actually run at the local level. So understand that going in and maybe say more please and thank yous than Hey, what about this? <laughs> Jerry Feaser, the retiring bo- uh, director of registrations and uh, elections in Dauphin County. Again, congratulations, Jerry. Thank you very much for being with us today. You're welcome, and thank you, Scott. Thanks for listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR and discovering all things local. I'm Scott Lamar. Have yourself a great day.